hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. The latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from your tech. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Wherever it is, uh, whatever a time of day it is for you in your world, when you're downloading, listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech, my name's... Trevor Long from EFTM.com.au. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. We're here each and every week, and I'm joined each and every week by Stephen Fennick from TechGuide.com.au, and he um, is in, is working very, very, very hard in um, Fiji, I believe, Stephen. That's right. We're coming in to you from uh, Fiji, the Fiji Intercontinental Golf Resort, and uh, I'm here... Because I uh, I do write a tech column for Golf Digest, uh, the Australian version of Golf Digest, and an opportunity came up here to uh, play the course up here, Natandola Bay uh, Country Club, the resort here, because they are hosting a PGA event in August. Mm, mm. So this is sort of a family trip where we get a chance to play the course and write about uh, all, all things Fiji and the quality of the course, etc., so I thought three days in Fiji. Yeah, I could I could use that. You're so, right. Uh, yeah, You're that's right why I'm here. A lot of a lot of people are wondering. Yeah, a lot of people are wondering what what tech are they launching in Fiji? Uh, well, they're not launching any tech in Fiji, people. But I am still working though, Trev. Tech Guide is still ticking over. I've done all my radio segments, and I'm talking to you on Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 146. So I'm still business as usual. This man never stops working, especially for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And uh, while, just as you were leaving, in fact, uh, the other morning, you, you were on a very early morning flight. I know we spoke the night before. Uh, Apple at 5.30 in the morning on, I think it was Tuesday, uh, announced the, the release of iTunes Radio here in Australia. And, and I think this is, um, this is an interesting story because it's not that big a deal. Um, the, the product of the service is, is great. We'll talk about it in a minute. But what's really a big deal for me is Australia getting this first outside of America. So there's no other country in the world other than America where you can get iTunes radio uh, except Australia. And that's fundamentally fantastic for us because I don't know that it's just about how easy it was to do the, the music deals. I think, mate, the, 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 the size of the market in terms of our take-up of Apple products has been a part of that. Absolutely right, yeah, Trevor. Um, Apple is uh, is very proud of how Australia consumes their products. Now, we we per per capita, Australia is in the top tier of countries. So, Australia to Apple has been a, a no brainer in terms of mm. launching iPhones here first, along with the US. We actually get them earlier because of the time difference, things like that. So, Apple is very high in Apple's estimation. Mm. Uh, Australia is high in and, Apple's estimation. And the product itself, um, you know, so we, we was, it was announced at WWDC last year by Tim Cook and made available later in the year in America. It is essentially, and if you haven't tried it yet, it's very simple. If you've got an iPhone, an iPad, 
uh, iTunes installed on a computer or an Apple TV, uh, you just get it. So when you open your music app on your iPhone, yeah. it actually, it, you know what? <laughs> Again, it's Apple, but it, it kind of magically appears. That it kind of it kind of slides across and appears. It's not just there; it has to appear in front of you for the very first time. You press the radio button, and you are presented with uh, some featured stations, which uh, which we'll talk about in a second, and then your ability to create your own stations. Now, yeah. the 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 concept here is that it's it's about discovering music for free. So it's free to listen to. There are ads in between every few songs if you are not an iTunes Match subscriber, which I am, so yeah, I'm getting so it ad-free, and it's $35 a year for that, so it's a pretty good deal. Um, and essentially, so obviously the first thing I did was create John Farnham Radio, and, <laughs> and, and it was like 5.35 in the morning, and I'd created John Farnham Radio so I could take a screenshot and put it on the website. Um, and, and I'm not getting John Farnham back-to-back. In fact, I've got to tell you, I've probably listened to 20 songs and one of them has been John Farnham, but what it does is find music that is related or yeah. similar. And I've got to tell you, you know, throwing up Phil Collins or Air Supply or, you know, things yeah. like that, it is related. And, and I've listened to songs that I haven't heard for years and I've Absolutely, quite enjoyed yeah. it. That's terrific, yeah. And, and yeah, I, I got this email really early in the morning too. Actually, I was in the um, in the the gate at the gate um, when I got this email. I quickly wrote the story and uploaded it to Tech Guide before I boarded. So uh, this was up on Tech Guide even before I stepped on the plane to come to Fiji. But I'm, I'm just thinking though, the the service is terrific. I, I'm, I too am an iTunes Match uh, subscriber as well. So thirty five bucks for this streaming service. Uh, now, it's not quite on demand or, or you can't just pick albums to listen to no. in a row, sort of like Spotify and these other services. But iTunes, uh, it's got they, they have a vast library of 37 songs. 37 million songs. But you can also, though, and in terms of you, you, you hit the nail on the head where you set up your own station and it served up songs similar to what you, you like. And it also put up very clearly that you could buy that song. There's yeah. a price there. Yeah. Uh, I've seen people's social media feeds and they're saying they're spending more money on iTunes now. They're hearing these songs for the first time. They're loving them and buying them. Yeah. So this is kind of Apple giving giving with one hand but also offering a service with the other so that they're... It's a free service, yes, but there is a play here to get you to pay for music definitely. eventually because yeah, you're going to like, you're going to come across a song you like, and you're going to want to discover that artist. So I think that it's not quite going to put Spotify out of business or any of these other services, but it sure is going to introduce a lot of new artists that you wouldn't normally listen to. And the comparison is this. Uh, Pandora is very similar. Uh, streaming music, some limitations we'll talk about in a second. Spotify and Audio and Deezer, all similar that you can you can have a subscription and listen to anything, but they all now have a free system where you can get these kind of on uh, these streaming services that you can't really manipulate much because they realise people just want to listen to music and they need to need to somehow monetize them the 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 thing here is there is a bunch of people who who work for apple here in australia in the headquarters in sydney who are making radio stations here and that's just a couple of them hot today hot alternative itunes hits uh, love songs because it's um because it's valentine's day they have a weekly top 20 which is not a countdown it's a count up goes from number one upwards they have guest hosts they have a feature year um whole stack of stuff like workout they have in excess profile they have spin the globe which is a fantastic station if you love discovering music because it's from all the editors of itunes music stores around the world yeah right. and and the other one that i liked was beatles radio and again 
don't get suckered in. It's not just Beatles tracks. It's anything related to Beatles, uh, Beatles songs being covered, um, Beatles uh, era songs. So it's not perfectly Beatles radio in my view. And I have I've, the limitation of these services is you can only skip six songs an hour. And if mm. you hit next track six times, then you've got to wait 60 minutes before you can do it again. Yeah. I'll be completely honest. Um, when I've listened to Beatles radio, John Farnham Radio and the Hits tra- Hits uh, Station, which are the ones I've, I've been sampling, I've nearly always got to my skip limit, and then I've changed stations to go on to hit another skip limit. So yeah. it is, it's a challenge for me to enjoy that much music, I think. But that's just me. Another, another good feature, though, is that you're talking about all these stations that you, you've set up, the stations you've discovered. You can also share those yep. stations. So yep. that just adds to the discovery. If I, if I decide, well, I'm creating a, you know, a cut copy or Empire of the Sun station, happen to like those bands and want to hear similar music, I can hit the share button and, and send that by SMS, email, share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter. So... You are recommending music that mm. you've been recommended. So well, I saw it, that today. It flows on. Um, the and again, I know this is sounding really tragic, but the John Farnham fan page on Facebook shared a link to their to a little. It's actually called Amy's John Farnham Radio, but it updates as I open the app. But there's 55 people following that station now. So as the owner of the station, you can see who's following it. If there's multiple people following any station, it shows you that. So there's a real community thing about it. Um, the the number one benefit that Apple brings to this, or two benefits. Firstly, simplicity. So you can you can star a song, buy it later. It's very easy to do but also database. They have 37 million songs. No other yeah. provider. Spotify, they don't have that number of songs. They've got 20 million. And that, that 17 million might not be significant to, to, to everyone, but it's those songs that are missing that make it so valuable. And, and you know, the Beatles is a big part of that. Let's not kid ourselves. Absolutely. So, but yeah. let me ask you something. Let me ask you this question. Do you think Apple's next play with iTunes is to offer a maybe monthly subscription model? Are they going to maybe go after those Spotify customers who, yeah, they may offer nine ninety nine a month, download whatever you want, as often as you want, listen to albums whenever you want, yeah. be able to play offline. You can't play iTunes Radio offline. You've always got to be connected. Yeah. I, I think, so, I, I think do you think that might be right. a play? Um, I, no. I, honestly, my, my gut feeling is no. I think there could be feature enhancements like, you know, an offline, you know, you might get an hour of Beatles Radio to store offline or something like that. But... I think, honestly, I actually don't think Spotify and RDO and that, I don't think that, that subscription music is, is taking off as much as they might have hoped. So there, there's, you know, I don't know. I guess I could be very, very wrong on this one. I, I'd be more confident about my thoughts on the iPhone 6 than, than I am about this. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, all it would take, and I remember years ago saying that, at the time when Apple was obviously didn't just the days before the iPhone, they had the iPod was was the number one selling MP3 player by a mile. Mm. I remember saying to people, all Apple needs to do is add a phone to this, <laughs> and then it's game over. Mm. Now I, I got a similar feeling here where if they just add a monthly subscription to this, and it's going to be curtains for a lot of these other services because how many people listen to Spotify, audio and all those other services on an iPhone or on an iPad or on a Mac computer? Mm. So they've got people using their products already. Imagine taking that a step further with a monthly subscription. I might be wrong, but mm. I reckon there's money to be made because $10 a month from however many million people have got a credit card on iTunes – 
they've got 37 million tracks, did you say? Yeah. On, on iTunes, which yep. is way more than anyone. That's Spotify's, right. I think, got 25 20. million. Yeah, so, yeah. wowee, that would be very attractive to music lovers. Fair enough. People might just want to stay with iTunes Radio. That's a good enough product. But if they had a monthly subscription, an iTunes monthly subscription, I think there'd be a lot of people paying attention. I think S. Fennec Marv nailed it because when you think more about it, you think buy by song, Listen for free with ads or subscribe to anything. It's a kind of tiered model, isn't it, that, that gives, yeah. them, gives them the everything. All right, it's a very interesting stuff. You can read more about iTunes Radio at both techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. But check it out if you've got an iOS device. Uh, open it up on the music app. And just quickly, the last thing that, that I noticed uh, when I opened my Apple TV, there's also a really cool uh, Beatles channel on Apple TV celebrating 50 years since they appeared on the Ed Sullivan Show. And there's 15 minutes of black and white footage of the Beatles' first performance on the Ed Sullivan Show. Very cool if you're a Beatles fan, um, plus all the all the US albums. But the 15 minutes of Ed Sullivan uh, vision is, is the best part about it. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, I'm not sure whether you are actually being caught up in this flappy bird uh, invasion, let's call it, this flappy bird phenomena. (laughs) What, me? Caught up? sounds like you have, mate. Well, I I remember remember sitting next to my son... My son was, uh, we were, I think we were waiting to watch a movie or something together. We went to a movie preview and here's him tapping away on the screen. I said, what game are you playing? <laughs> and he explained, oh, Flappy Bird. I said, well, what's the point of it? He goes, oh, everyone's playing it. It's big. And, and I looked into it a little further and, and actually downloaded the game myself. And it's, it, is, it is a very, it, it's kind of one of those viral games that everyone's picked up at the same time. Everyone's frustrated and angry that they can't get it past a certain point. And it, it caused quite a stir. But mm. we learned that the developer, his name's Dong Nguyen, who was allegedly, it's a free game, remember, so then there's ads running in it. And he was allegedly making more than $50,000 per day from all the ad impressions that the game mm-hmm. was serving up. So, but a lot has happened in a short space of time. Now, mo- more recently... He has attracted so much attention, and he was people were tweeting him and asking him things, offering to buy it off him, and the attention was so much that he took the un, unheard of <laughs> next step. He took the game down. Yes, he said that's enough. He said his tweet. His tweet. Okay, I haven't got it in front of me, but his tweet was basically, uh, you know, um, it's it's getting out of control. I can't. I don't like it this way. I'm taking it down to 22 hours now. He's since been interviewed by Forbes magazine, and he says, and this is what's crazy weird about it, he says that he, he wanted the game to be about relaxation, meditation, and, you know, he's sitting here, and, and you can see why he did that. And I'm literally, the sound you can hear is me playing it. Every time you hear that flap, that's me tapping the screen. And I've got to get through these gates, and I'm getting through three of them, and I want to get to 15, because that's my record. And it's really, it's really, it seems really easy, but it's a challenge, and it's frustrating. And so the, the frustration of it is what's annoyed him. He doesn't want people to be annoyed and frustrated by his game, so he's taken it down from Android, from from iPhone. You can't get it. And the best and the funniest part of this week's story was on eBay, there were iPhones being sold, used iPhone scratch screens <laughs> with Flappy Bird installed. I saw that. That's you know, amazing. I mean, like, it's just is insanity, isn't it? And I, the- thought, I thought, mate, honestly, I thought this is a bit of a... After talking about it on the radio for the 10th time, I thought... Maybe we're all being taken for a ride here, and he's about to actually release another game. But he's probably missed the boat because there's enough, uh, you know, uh, fake rip-off products out there now. 
that you can you can get the concept if you didn't have it originally. I spoke to someone. Obviously, I work at, at SBS, and I get you know I get a lot of cross cultural boundaries there. I spoke to someone um, from the Vietnamese community, thinking that maybe Dong Nguyen had you know this was kind of it was uh, inappropriate for him to have success. You know, a lot of cultures there's there's interesting things mm. like that or the money, and they said no, there's nothing about this that <laughs> that, that is like that. It's just a single personal decision. So very weird stuff. Well, apparently the background to the game, apparently he took two days to create the game. Mm. It's in that kind of 64-bit sort of old Nintendo style. Yep. So there's, there's nothing to the game. In fact, the, the, the attraction to it is the simplicity, yes. yet the difficulty. So it's a very simple game. Tap to you know, make, make him gain altitude and mm. less taps makes him lose altitude. The flappy bird lose altitude. So I think just the whole the whole genius of it and, and, and this stir that it's caused, uh, what it's done, him taking it down yeah. has obviously made the versions out there even more valuable. Yes. And as you mentioned, there's iPhones being sold for big price. Now imagine if he puts it back up again. Yeah. Imagine if he changes his mind and says, right, in another 22 hours, I'm going to put the game back up again, but only for two days. <laughs> Can you imagine if that? It'll just go nuts. That's brilliant. That That's is what he brilliant. should do. But here's the interesting, the, the final thing I'll say around the controversy, because there was a bit of, he did say it's nothing legal, because there's a bit of controversy around whether it's a bit of a rip-off from, from previous Nintendo games or whatever. But yeah. here's what's really interesting. There was a guy I read online did some interesting research into the comments and the ratings on the iTunes store. Now, apparently there's a way you can download all those, and this person analysed them. The game was launched nearly a year ago, right? And mm-hmm. nothing happened. Not, not many comments. And you, you equate comments to downloads, and you go from there. So basically what this person deduced was that it, it was possible, allegedly, Dong Nguyen was actually paying or had created a bot that was automatically posting comments about his game, and the comment number increased over time. And because the comments increase, the downloads increase because people see it, it gets featured and it gets pushed up the chart. So there is, there's a bit of a word around that he may have artificially got himself into that number one spot. And that's probably what's eating away at his morals more than anything else. Yeah, but, but to get to, 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 to inflate it that way, mm. there still needs to be a basis, though, in the game, some kind of oh, yeah. addictive quality and to there the is. game that it's obviously got. But wouldn't Apple, though, detect if he's using a bot to do that? Wouldn't Apple's systems pick that up? Mate, you'd think so, but there's some... Ve- look, you think about it. Criminals are always one step ahead of the game. Now, I'm not saying this is crime, but in terms yeah. of basic hacking, you know, you're always one step ahead. But look, the bottom line here is, <laughs> if you're not like me and you don't have it installed on your iPhone, which I do, and it's frustrating... I've got it. Can I tell you right now, and I'm going to make a huge admission here. Um, while I was on hold for 6PR this week, I got my, uh, my, my record score of 7, or 9, sorry, and that was great. Tonight, while I was on a conference call... Um, for an hour, I cracked the 15, and uh, that's some of my best conference call time ever. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you were paying attention in the conference call, mate. Well done. Absolutely. And uh, cheerio to our <laughs> listeners from SBS. <laughs> uh, two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. And if you haven't seen their latest product, check out the Nighthawk Hawk. Router. This is a wireless AC, the fastest router you can get, and it looks the bit too. It's uh, like a stealth fighter. It's got fantastic looking antennas that aren't just there for looks. The uh, the beam forming, the different technologies built into this router will literally enhance your network more than you can believe. So if you're into gaming, 
uh, if you're into video uh, streaming, this is the kind of router you have to have. Now, I've put this thing here in my home, and I've got to tell you, some speed tests throughout the home have shown me that I've not only got different speeds, better speeds, but the coverage is enhanced as well because it's the beamforming technology means you send the signal where it needs to be. So not only for, for people that uh, that are into that high-end stuff, but just for the best quality. Wireless network in your home, check out Netgear products, and particularly the Netgear Nighthawk. It's about $319 retail and a fantastic product that is selling like hot cakes. Uh, check it out online at netgear.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, the problem of the modern world and the amount of technology that we have is the, the way to get rid of them. Now, we've talked about this before because it used to be that my local council, in fact, just a couple of hundred metres from my house, had an e-waste disposal place that was open several nights a week. You'd take your TV there or whatever. Uh, that was all closed down because that, that responsibility was taken away from councils. The federal government came up with a plan through the TV manufacturers and all this kind of jazz. Well, mate, on techguide.com.au today, I noticed the story that you've got there from the people at techcollect.com.au giving us some recycling tips. And I thought, well, why don't we, I mean, you know, let's go one for one. I'll, I'll read one, you read the next. I think they're, they're very useful. And the first tip is, is, is really smart. I mean, in the end, one in, one out. So for every piece of technology you bring into your home, make a commitment to recycle two older ones. And you think about what's in the drawers, whether it's an old radio you don't use or whatever, it's probably not that hard to, to, to recycle the, re- the replaced product uh, with something else that you're not using anymore. Absolutely right. Yeah, just further on that point, though, it's been we've had Christmas. A lot, a lot of new products coming into the home. So the idea is that you, the, the new products, there's often going to be old products, and the, these old products are not going to come back in style. They're not going to be worth any more money. What? Recycle really? them. Yes. So number two on the list, though, is when you do recycle, like you're handing over a device that could possibly have a lot of your personal information. So make sure you wipe that device before recycling. Not hard to do, and uh, you can always find a good guide online about doing that. And don't just recycle the old gadgets. Recycle the new device's packaging as well. 1.6 million tonnes of packaging was sent to Australia landfills in 2012. So good advice there. Yeah, and, and you should also target times of the year or maybe circle the calendar every couple of months because, like as I mentioned, periods like after Christmas, after birthdays, after periods where you know you might be getting a new device or you, there's an occasion coming up where you may be getting a new computer, make sure that you sort of, you put a circle the calendar, remind yourself that, yeah, it's a good idea to recycle the old product. Now, if you're like me and your local e-waste recycling was shut down, Talk to the council, ring them up, and they'll tell you when and where they have their recycling collections or their e-cycling collections because there will be a program and you just need to find out when it is. And that then can link in with the calendar you just talked about, Steve. That's right, yeah. But one thing too, I think one of the main reasons we need to recycle e-waste is just so they don't end up in landfill. Uh, There is a lot of materials in your old product that can be recycled and reused, not necessarily as another device, but as another product. There there is enough material in your, your, say, your old smartphones, your old computers to create things like jewellery, outdoor furniture, uh, even fence posts can be made from the old plastic and metal in your recycled device. 
and you could be walking along the fence thinking that's my old smartphone. Um, <laughs> think about maybe taking your uh, your old devices to work. Uh, you may have a, if you're in a big enough big enough business, there may be a recycling program there, or you could you could suggest starting one up. At, at my work at SBS, there's a there's a bin where where you can put batteries, and it, that that in itself, let alone the gadgets, is a great thing because battery recycling is another great area. And it's not just the devices you can recycle. How often have you left behind charging cables and USB cables and things like that? They can also be recycled. So don't think you've got to have to hang on to the charger and the cables. You're just going to be left with a, a tangled mess of cables. They can be recycled as well. And the good old hand-me-down. You know, there's a lot of people like you and I that update our devices. Well, I like to think that, I, you know, when my, my little nieces come around, there, you know, they're in their teens now, 13 on, you know, if they've got a crappy old phone, I will normally try and find them a phone. It might be a couple of years old, but I'll try and find them a phone because it's good to recycle, but, uh, you know, maybe they're still, it's still a good product and you could find someone who could use it for you. That's right. And the last point we should make is to... To be be someone who does lead by example, who makes other people aware that recycling is possible uh, and the benefits of it. So it, it, it doesn't hurt to remind your family and friends, ask them if they've got any gadgets they want to recycle, maybe help them get them involved, educate them a little bit. But the more we find out about it, the better. If you want to go to techcollect.com.au, you can also find your nearest collection site. If you've got, you know, you might have an old TV or a computer or something you want to recycle techcollect.com.au will tell you the nearest place for you to take it. All right, so you can read that full list on Stephen's website at techguide.com.au. Well, Canon have just come up with the new range of their Ixus cameras. Uh, These cameras have been very popular over the last few years, mainly because they're very easy to use, so they're really good for for beginners, so the the point-and-shoot abilities of this camera are very high. There's the new Ixus 155, the Ixus 150, and the Ixus 145. Um, The Ixus 155 has got a 20 megapixel sensor, and the others have 16. Uh, megapixel sensors, but the beauty of these products is they've got a lot of automatic uh, scene sensing. So all you need to do is aim your camera, it will detect, it'll analyze the scene and then automatically select the right mode and the right settings for you to take a good photo. So it's very much a point and shoot device. There's even a help button so that if you need to find out about certain features, uh, it's all there in front of you. Even It even offers tips on capturing the best shot. And that happens within the camera. You don't need to get out a manual or Mm. read other books. It all happens there inside the camera. It's got a 2.7-inch screen on the back, uh, and I've listed all the features and all the colours that are available on TechGuide. Yeah, great new range. Um, And uh, as you say, there's a stack of uh, different features that you can read about at techguide.com.au. And often, as is the case with uh, these days, um, the pricing is is something that really you need to talk to your retailer about because um, shop around, you'll find that if you start doing Comparos online and taking those prices to the retailers, you might just end up with a bloody good deal. Now, a couple of quick ones before we do your minute review. Uh, ANZ Stadium 
has, uh, which was, you know, this is the Olympic Stadium. It's 14 years ago that the Olympics were on, let alone, you know, they went even longer than that since they hosted their first event. But um, they've really ramped it up with, uh, with the Wi-Fi access there. They've got now more than 700 Wi-Fi access points uh, throughout the stadium. So this is going to make uh, the Bunnies home games that I'll be invited <laughs> to regularly, obviously, because I'm, yep. I'm such a lucky charm. Um, uh, pretty, pretty awesome little connective experience. Absolutely, yeah. This is an Australian first, the Connected Stadium Project, they call it. It was a collaboration with Telstra and Cisco to roll this system out. Now, people are saying, well, why would you need a high-speed Wi-Fi network uh, at a place like ANZ Stadium? Well, for a number of reasons. First of all, have you ever tried sending a text message or making a phone call uh, from a large event, say State of Origin? All the cells are blocked. It's very hard to, to, to get a call out, get a message out. This will help ease that congestion. But the other thing, yeah, the more exciting part, part of it is the interactivity it's going to offer. Like imagine being able to watch a replay on your phone. Imagine being able to order food right to your seat or a drink or have that interactivity and you'll be able to interact with the scoreboard, take part in live polls uh, depending on how the different teams, there's five NRL teams that are going to be calling ANZ Stadium home as well as soccer, rugby, concerts, cricket. So uh, the, the fact that the fans are going to have this high-speed connection will obviously make social networking a lot easier but all these other features, probably many that we haven't even thought of, it'll make that now a reality. And, mate, some really interesting stat that you mentioned on Tech Guide, the uh, Super Bowl, which was just recently held uh, at MetLife Stadium, has this similar kind of technology. Uh, The total data usage for the Super Bowl was 624 gigabytes. Uh, So that's a pretty serious amount of data for people that are meant to be watching a game. They reckon that equates to 1.8 million social media posts. So when you're talking about ANZ Stadium, uh, we uh, we can both recommend uh, the people at ANZ Stadium are well worth a follow on Twitter at ANZ Stadium and Instagram as well. So next time you're at a a home game or a big event at an ANZ Stadium, check out these uh, pretty awesome facilities and uh, you might just be surprised by uh, the connectivity that's now available. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, I know you're a romantic at heart, Trevor. Oh, you know, what? Valentine's Day is this week. And, mm. uh, you know, I know that it's a big I notice you're away. Calendar, you, you get back on Valentine's Day. Some of your best. <laughs> well, anyway, well, that actually brings up a good point because oh, even, even though I'm away, I can actually. If I want to, I could actually outsource what my arrangements for Valentine's Day. Now, Airtasker, which is a well-known community marketplace where people can put up jobs and then these have, they have these people who bid on the job and, and then agree to do it for a certain price, they can help you. If you're time poor, like many of us are time poor, they can help you outsource your romance. For an example, an example is that a client requested a romantic picnic be organized mm-hmm. and they're willing to pay $280. And what this involves is the requesting a specific spot, setting up the picnic, minding the spot until they get there, and then fading into the background when they do arrive. So it looks like that you've organised it yourself rather than outsourcing it. So that's just one example. Another example is you can buy and deliver a rose to your wife for 50 bucks. Someone will go and buy a rose and deliver it to your wife on your behalf so just to make you look like a nice bloke. 
Yeah, I'm not sure that's going to help. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, great idea. I mean, it's, this is just a way of Airtasker continuing to, to try and push their uh, their product. They've got a brand new looking site too. Very very nice looking site. Um, very cool stuff. If you've got an idea that uh, perhaps you can't execute there right away on um, on Valentine's Day, maybe use the services of a runner. Uh, which is what they're called, uh, the people that pick up the jobs on Airtasker. Check it out at airtasker.com. Now, a couple of uh, minute or minute and a half or so reviews, because Stephen takes liberties with these things. Uh, and we're talking sound <laughs> a lot today. The Bose SoundLink 3, my friend. Yes, brand new announcement from Bose. Now, the SoundLink Bluetooth speakers have been a very popular product in the Bose range. Well, now they've released the, the third version, so SoundLink 3. Uh, it's had a bit of a redesign. So apart from a different look, though, it's also got improved audio output. It's got four neodymium transducers, new digital, digital signal processing algorithms. So not only are you going to get a slightly better sound, you're also going to be able to maintain even louder output output without any distortion. Um, this time out as well, it's a lot easier to, uh, with the LED indicates, to make to make pairing and switching to other devices easier. It can remember up to six of the most recently used Bluetooth devices. Uh, it's got a rechargeable lithium ion that can run for up to 14 hours. So that battery, that rechargeable battery, 14 hours on a single charge, weighs only 1.36 kilograms, 25.4 centimetres wide. But what I also like about it, and they did this with the SoundLink Mini, They've also got accessory covers. So not only does it offer another layer of protection, it also allows you to add some color to the device as well because it's mainly silver and black. You may want to, there's a choice of five colors there. The SoundLink Speaker 3 is priced at $399 and those accessory covers in five different colors are, can be purchased separately for $49.95 each. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And I've got to say, when I when I typed this in our rundown, I realised I wouldn't want to say it too fast. So the Philips Dual Dock <laughs> Clock. That's right. Yeah, this is from Philips. Now, it is as its name describes, it's got two docks. It's got one with the old 30-pin connector, one with the new lightning connector. Um, but you can also charge a third device from the USB port at the back. Now, it's a clock radio, of course. As soon as you dock a device, that's how you set the time. It takes the time from the docked device, and that, that's, that's how it's done. So no fiddling around with the settings. It's got a surprising output here. It, it, it's got, got nice bass. And, and really pleasing, like a room-filling sound. So if you want to wake up to your own music, uh, to the radio, you can do that with the Philips Dual Dock clock radio. Um, it, it can also, uh, apart from taking the uh, docking Apple product, so any Apple product it can take because it's got the two connectors, you can also connect a, 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 an Android device, for example, using the audio import on the back. It can fit iPads, iPods, iPhones. Uh, it's got digital FM radio, no AM radio uh, on board, but you can use the, the, uh, the TuneIn radio app or any of the other AM radio apps to hear AM radio because Trevor and myself uh, uh, can be heard on AM radio, so you wouldn't want to miss out on that. That's right. The uh, Philips Clock Radio Dual Dock is priced at one sixty nine ninety five.
And that's it for Two Bikes Talking Tech, episode 146. Thanks to our good friends at Netgear. I'm going to get back to Flappy Bird. Um, if I can just make it through a few more of these gates, I'll be very happy. And Stephen, that, um, we should say that you're not in the toilet there. It's just a bit echoey because you've got such a palatial room there. Mate, I do. It's Fiji. a very large villa. Mm, yeah, it's a mm, very nice mm, villa here at the Intercontinental. I've got my own plunge yeah. pool here, out the back I'll of give my you, room. It's I'll give quite you, nice. I'll give you 50 cents. Ring someone who cares. I mean, seriously, <laughs> give me a break. Enjoy your time there, mate. You deserve a bit of a break, I'm sure. And, uh, I'm sure you're loving the golf getting back on there after your, your back injury last uh, last year. Yeah, so good absolutely. to be back on the course, mate. We'll see you back here in in the in this big city on Valentine's Day, so you can spend time with your wife. And uh, and we'll talk again next week on episode 147. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.